what's it going to get me? This summer when I was off for two weeks, I took my kids to school. I got to take my kids this year for the first time to their first day of school, not because of this business or anything, just because my days aligned that I was shift wise I could. And I thought to myself, man, I could do this. Like I could, I could not have to come off shift this day and try and make it and be late and miss out on this, this memory I'm never going to get back. I, I worked a lot with my daughter, Charlie. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me on. And as I was, as I was thinking in my head, you were talking about um, your emphasis on finding a great team, having great people that you like, and having great business partners. What, are, like, what, are the, what does that look like for you? What are some of the things that you're looking for in a business partner, in a team, like when you're trying to accomplish something great or something significant as purchasing a property agent? In, in a team, right? Like you got to remember, like everyone has values, right? Like you don't have six pitchers on a baseball team. It just it doesn't work out if we're all underwriters and acquisition guys and asset managers. So, like all my teams, we all bring value. I've talked to people where I was like, man, I'd love to be in this deal, but I'm acquisition and asset management. Like I don't have investor relations and stuff down. That's not my wheelhouse. So they're doing that. Well, we're okay, cool. Let me know if I can help you. But obviously, we're just not we're doing the same thing so i think knowing where your strengths are and where you add value to a team and being willing to kind of pivot right like my my buddy matt that's in both of my deals honestly uh and we pivot like sometimes i'm the guy that handles these issues and he handles this i usually handle the day-to-day property management stuff he handles the lenders the back-end stuff legal all that stuff but sometimes he gets busy or i get busy and we help each other out uh so it's nice having that relationship. So just knowing your strengths and other people's strengths, core values and personality is a hundred percent. Like if I can't trust you alone with my family and my kids, or there's just some people that like you meet and, and nothing against how they live their life and how they decide it's their values. But I've got off of a phone call with some people and I'm like, I'm never talking to this person again. And it's nothing against them. It's just, I don't have the same values as them. And I don't want to work with someone like that because they're only going to either tarnish me or ruin my reputation. And in this industry, I mean, Adam's told it to me with Adrian, with how many units does he have? Uh, I've talked to other people that have thousands of units that are very like much like I want to emulate. And they say the same thing. They're like, it just takes one bad deal. It just takes one bad deal to tarnish your, your name. And and that's, that's the biggest thing I want to protect. Man, that is so important. Can't stress that enough. The emphasis of a team and just aligning yourself with good people. Um, I want to kind of switch over a little bit into more of your your story and your okay. journey as far as purchasing deals. And I I, I kind of ask people this question because it allows me to give <laughs> the, the viewers insight into yeah what the intricacies are of doing this, and then more of the human being. Like, I like this because so if you could tell me about out of your, your deals, which one was your favorite? And kind of walk us through why it was your favorite. So, I mean, they're both my favorite because I only got two, so it makes it easy. <laughs> but, but I would say my second one, and it's because I learned so much. So, when you start down this road, you underwrite a crap ton, and I've looked at a crap ton of, and you have to because you don't know what you like and you don't know what you don't like. So it's kind of like dating, right? Like I, I mean, 
you went and looked at a property for me and you're a very stand-up guy and you kindly told me you will not allow me to buy this property <laughs> nor nor will you manage it for me and i didn't care what the numbers were i told the broker if you will not manage it for me and you don't think it's a good property i'm not even touching it <laughs> because it was a very uh roughly ran property uh, to be the case but my second unit my 24 unit i had proof of concept I had faith in myself as a business owner. I had faith in myself as a, an asset manager, as an acquisition guy. So it allowed me to come in that deal differently. But that deal is in Seymour, Tennessee, which is like 15 minutes outside of Knoxville. My buy criteria is Central Florida. So I can be home at night, see my properties, visit, because I'm a little bit hands-on sometimes. I'm not a micromanager, but like I, I like to have that ability if I need it when stuff goes wrong. And this deal came across my desk. And the first thing I said was, nope, not interested. Because <laughs> it wasn't in my criteria. And being the underwriter that I am, my friend goes, I know you're not interested. Just look at it and help me on my underwriting. That night I underwrote it for him again. Looked at his underwriting. Underwrote it myself. Knowing how this makes sense. Deleted the underwriting. Underwrote it again. I had $50,000 from my HELOC in my bank account still. Called him up the next day and I said, me and you are partnering on this. We're buying it. I don't care if it goes over ask price. And we will figure out how to get the $700,000. And it was because the numbers fit, right? Like it it was everything I wanted, but it was in Tennessee. It was a 2018, 2016 build townhomes. We bought it from the original developer. His market rents were like $850. You couldn't touch anything for under $1,500 a month. And he was excited. He rented one out for $900 but right before we bought it. And... It just had all the workings of what I want. I don't want to go gut renovate stuff. I just want to come in and put a good operator in there like you and say, take care of my tenants, treat them right, charge them market rent. That's it. Like, that's simple. It's easy for me. And, and that's what we did. So that deal, I have, we negotiated a significant equity position for me and my partner over the other people who brought in the money. And Talking to one of my friends that I requested the money from who decided not to be a part of it. He's like, you were a little greedy. I was like, I was a lot greedy. I'm not, I'm not even going to lie. I, I, in the sense of how much money we put to the table equity wise. Yes, we were greedy. The numbers that my partners are going to get on the deal that are, they're not passive, but they're JV partners on this deal. But I do most of the work. It's stupid. Like we bought 2018 build for a hundred a door. And it's fixed into a praise for like 170 a door a year later. So their money is very well taken care of. And they know they're in good hands because I have a proven track record and I'm a stand-up guy. And that deal allowed me to go in and negotiate. Like when that guy said, I don't know, would you take less? The old me would have been like, oh, please, how do you come in the deal? The new me was like, where are you going to get 20% return on your money with a five-year hold? with an operator that you trust in a market like this. And a lot of uncertainties happen in this year. And this refi is hitting exactly where we underwrote it, which is nuts because rates were 3%. We underwrote a six or 7% in the underwriting. <laughs> so wow. to think about doubling your refi a year later was stupid, but no one knew where the market was going. So we were like, let's just be stupid and see what happens. And it's performing better than we thought. Man, that is, that is so awesome. I think that's encouraging. For, for people to hear too because a lot of times once you kind of hit that first stride it's like okay i gotta get uncomfortable again i gotta go yeah. outside my market like 
that that's a that's a that's a risk in itself having to go and say you know what I was only focused on super four but the numbers were so good I'm going to take a shot with somebody I trust somebody I have a relationship with and go and knock down this deal in in Tennessee it it was a simple deal in the sense it met my criteria it just was in a different market but it was such new construction that some of the issues that I was concerned about I don't have to worry about so it hedged that headache the reason I push myself to do it was as I grow, I've had to let more team members come in. I've had to have more property managers. I've had to have more legal team and, and just people that I never thought I would have in my life in my life that are friends. They're not even people I work with. They're friends. And what going outside of my market did was it allowed me not to go to the property on a regular basis. It allowed me to put faith and trust in what people are saying and hold them accountable. It allowed me to see that as I grow, I can grow and put team members in place to do the things that I'm doing now. So in the back end, that's one of the reasons I said, yes, I was like, if I'm ever going to grow, I have to be able to not be there. Absolutely. And think about it too. Another thing that you've done is you've opened yourself up to more markets. Yeah. Now if one happens in Knoxville or Nashville or Chattanooga or, you know, say Georgia and you have the same basis and and what you look for in a deal, you're more inclined to say, you know what? I just took down one in the southeast region that was a few hours away. We did great. My investors are going to double their money. Yeah. Like you said, you're, you're basically doubling their money in two, three years. Where else can you find that other than real estate? And now you just have the confidence and the credibility to say, hey, this is what I've done on my last two deals in the last two years. You know, I can go do a third one here. It's a unicorn, like a 100% unicorn, I call it, because like you don't find those deals on a regular basis. But I will say this, when you get your buy criteria down and you get your values and what you want down, when that unicorn comes across your desk, both times it happened, like a deal that I was like, this is my deal. It's too good to be true. I'm doing it. Like you, you, it, it's just different. Like when I've offered on deals that I'm like, okay, we'll see what happens. Like it's different. But when I know like, yeah, I'm buying that deal because it fits everything. It's in my wheelhouse. This, for some reason, it's meant that I'm supposed to be a part of this. It, it just works out. And honestly, I think one of the biggest things that I started in the beginning is I overthought everything. I need to know from the day I buy it to the day I sell it, every single thing, because I was like, I had to have control. I had to know everything. I had to analyze everything. I had to overestimate everything. Man, the biggest thing that happened to me was like, someone goes, how do you eat an elephant? I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what do you, how do you eat an elephant? He's like, how do you eat an elephant? I was like, why would you eat an elephant? He's like, one bite at a time, man. He's like, you're worried about three years down the road and you ain't got tomorrow figured out. He's like, just take care of tomorrow and then that issue will come up and you'll figure out the next one. And he goes, then you'll be looking a week out. And that's, it's been a godsend to me. Yeah. What, what would you say in your opinion, with that being said, that, that piece of advice, what's one thing that investors or people looking at deals, what's one mistake that you hear them make? What's a common misconception they have about markets, about building, you know, just investing in general? What would you say that you've seen on your end is their biggest misconception. That is easy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so true. We live in that culture, social media. Because everyone on social media is like, I got a thousand doors. <laughs> and he's put 50,000 into like two or three syndications. And like nothing against that's your hard earned money and you put it in a deal. But like finding the deals in the GP side or finding the deals in acquisition and asset management and even investor relations where you're dealing with investors and explaining to everyone at their level, right? Because everyone's different in their level with Absolutely. knowledge. Absolutely. And then working with different people, it's 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 not easy 
And if you think you're going to get in this job and go fly a jet and you're doing that in two or three years, you're probably doing something wrong. And, and I don't mean that unethically wise. I just mean long term, it's not going to it's not a solid foundation. So. It's not easy. It's hard. You're going to have days that you second guess everything. You're going to have days that you call up a friend and you're like, I screwed up. Like I called partners and the Gainesville deal because we got tight on funds. We underfunded from the beginning and we didn't have enough capital from the beginning to do what we needed to do. And I called them up and it was the worst feeling in the world for me to get on this call with people that trusted me with their money and go, we're not going to make the mortgage payment next month if we don't do something. And I knew what the answer was, but I was afraid they would think I was a failure and I screwed up and they go, okay, well, how do we fix it? And we found out a solution working together and we executed it and back off to running. And now we're completely solid and everything's fixed. But I think a lot of times when you screw up, you don't want to tell your teammates. You don't want to tell people. You don't want to. I mean, how many deals did you look at in Tampa for me? And I've bought jack shit in Tampa. <laughs> and it's it's not that I don't like Tampa. It's just it's not working out for me for what I want. I, I think you have to admit that you, there's going to be bad days. There's going to be hard days. There's going to be struggles. But when you have those good ones, like they're good. And the bad days too, like I've lost out on deals. I mean, you've talked about some management issues I've had with people. And then I, I was driving home with one of those management issues. Like it was, I was furious that day and I'm pretty low key, like level headed. And I thought to myself on my two hour drive home from Gainesville, I was like, this sucks. I just lost a lot of money, but wow. Like, I still like this. I still, I, I'm still cool doing it. Yeah. And that's when I knew like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. That, that is so important because again, we just live in that day and age social media. I see a real, you want to have this, you need to do these three things. I'm just like, Oh my goodness. Like to, to, you do. To an extent you're right. Yeah. It's, it's so much more than that. You know what I mean? And it, it is, challenging at first and as you continue to do it you get better yeah. so it does become easy or easier if you want to put it that way but like you said it's just there's so many bad days that people just don't discuss that yeah it seems like everybody just crushes it you know when you when you stroke a check for fifty thousand dollars of every money in your piggy bank for earnest money deposit it's scary but i knew in contractually i could get it back yeah. but we had to wait on appraisal to come through and we didn't have a finance contingency on the deal we're waiting. We thought it was going to come through. It came three days after our escrow was like hard, which means you don't get it back. Yeah. I didn't have the heart to tell my wife what that meant <laughs> because if the appraisal and like I'm out 50, that's our money. That's our everything me and my yeah. wife had. Yeah. And sometimes you have to take those risks, but you take those risks not being reckless. You take those risks being calculated. Yeah. 100%. And, and that's to me, that's an example of, you know what? I'm giving it everything I got. Yeah. If this does not work out, then it doesn't. But I'm going to give myself the chance to accomplish something great by letting it all out there. And those are the conversations that we don't see have as much. You know what I mean? That, hey, I just stroked my last $50. Oh, yeah. There's $11.76 in Acorn's business account right now. <laughs> like, I'm very transparent about that with my friends and partners. There's eleven seventy six in the business account right now. <laughs> I have not. And all the money that went in there that went out came out of my own personal savings. So like, it's not, but going forward, man, like what's it going to get me this summer when I was off for two weeks, I took my kids to school. 
I got to take my kids this year for the first time to their first day of school, not because of this business or anything, just because my days aligned that I was shift wise I could. And I thought to myself, man, I could do this. Like I could, I could not have to come off shift this day and try and make it and be late and miss out on this, this memory. I'm never going to get back. I, I worked a lot with my daughter, Charlie, and I didn't realize it. We paid off debt. We were doing the right stuff. Uh, when my younger three came along, stuff was happening. And I was like, I don't remember Charlie doing this. My wife's like, that's because you were working. And it hit me like, I can't get that time back with her. It's gone. Man, that is so, that is so profound. Again, just thinking about these real life situations, these real life scenarios that happen that again don't get highlighted and and don't really get talked about. Um, On that same note, it it has me thinking as far as uh, doing this for your kids. You you were doing it for your firefighter for 17 years. You were able to accomplish two two deals in the last two, three years. It was uh, this much equity. You made all these sacrifices, right? Your why is again for your family something that still evolves even what you're still trying to circumvent and find and so my my thought and my question to you is in the midst of all of this right yeah at the end of the day when you're looking back and you're saying okay i accomplished all these great things i was a father how would you want to be remembered how do you want not not (coughs) acorn but you as chad tucker the father the dad are you asking me the tough questions? I don't. I don't think you ask the other people these tough questions. <laughs> but I mean, I, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I I worked in the fire department. And I put a lot in it. I made a lot of sacrifices, and I worked for some very good lieutenants. And they're gone. They're not dead. They're retired. Uh, and I was talking to someone and they're like, oh, you get, think about what you're giving up and what you could do for the department and all this other stuff. And I thought back and I was like, Kent Weber, Carl Long, who are they? I don't know. I was like, who's Tom Beasley? Who's Gary Spahn? They're like, I don't know. I was like, these guys changed the foundation of my life because of the the time they put in with me Mm -hmm. and the stuff that they gave to me through the working with them. And they're like, I don't know. I was like, it really clicked with me. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Like this big I can have a building named after me or whatever. It doesn't matter. It matters the people that you affect. It matters the time that you spend. So I, I want to be known as a husband that screwed up, but still tried <laughs> a dad that was present. and wasn't perfect, but tried and put his family as a priority in his life. And then someone that like, everyone's like, you can trust him. He'll take care of you. He'll you, Whatever he says, you can trust. And, and at the end of the day, if I can do that and be known as a, a good operator, a good husband, a good father, a good friend, I'm, I think I'm okay. Like I, I, I would love to have tons of other stuff. Like I said, maybe take a couple of private vacations a year, fly around on a private jet instead of having to deal with TSA. <laughs> but if it never happens, it never happens. If I can meet those goals. Man, that's beautiful. I, I love that so much. And I have no doubt that you would be all those things that you mentioned. Yeah. Because you, you mentioned earlier, being a good steward what God has given you. Obviously, we're both firm believers in God and, and what He's done for our lives and who He is and our relationship with Him. But all those things will happen as a result of that. And I'm I'm so excited to continue to see your journey and what you've become. And I just have no doubt that you'll be successful in every right that you're assigned to accomplish. And so I'm just excited to be a part of it. Um, transition a little bit just to um, a, a, another discussion as far as what's helping them day to day. Okay. Who are some of the people that you're listening to or? looking to for as far as podcasts, influencers, 
mentors? What's what's going inside of Chad Fuel to be able to create, you know, business and demand? So it changes. It, it has to. That's where like being honest with yourself and your why and where you're struggling and having those self-reflection times that we never allow ourselves to give. So I give myself time to self-reflect and go, where am I struggling? Why isn't it? So right now, this point in my life, I'm holding myself back. I don't know why. I'm still trying to get to the root of it. But so I'm listening to a lot of mindset stuff and, and just talking like this, honestly and openly and transparently with people. So maybe I hit this aha moment of why I'm holding myself back personally. Uh, when I first started, I listened to tons of stuff. Bigger Pockets is like everyone's gateway drug to the real oh, estate. Is it, is it good? I mean, because there's a lot of go-givers on there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I joined a coaching program and in that I found multiple people that were doing decent for themselves that I wanted to emulate. So like I talked to them on a regular basis and I guarantee some of them I call and they're like, oh, let's chat again. But it's cool because they still talk to me. Right. But I, I just ask them like, hey, what do you think I should do? And, and they pour into me and give me advice. I listen to a lot of different things. I think six, seven months ago, I was talking to a good buddy of mine, Matt Damon, with a, I think it's Broadleaf Capital, it's his group out of up north. And he was telling me that he, I was struggling. I was in like a, a weird spot in my life and I was unsure. And I started looking for shiny objects, doing other stuff. And I was struggling with personal mental stuff between job and all. And he goes, what are you listening to? And I realized I was listening to the radio all the time in my car again. Man, for the last two, three years, all I listened to is podcasts. I listened to uh, Diary of a CEO. I listened to Tony Robbins. I listened to Jake and Gino. I listened to uh, all these syndicators and stuff like that. Like just everyone about real estate. And that was my world. Like I didn't let the outside world of minutia come in. And I just poured in that hour, two hour in my car a day learning and good stuff. And I, I stopped that. And when he said that to me, I was like, yeah, what am I? So now instead of listening to music on a regular basis, I'll pull up a YouTube video or I'll pull up a podcast and I'll just listen to it. And I'm like, okay. And it's funny because like you said, me and you are in our faith. There are some times that I've sat there and I listen and I'm like, that's what you want to tell me today. Like, and it clicks and I needed to hear it. And it helps me get past or helps me figure out something that I've been struggling on. So you got to be open to it and you just got to constantly not let the outside stuff come in. Absolutely. It's funny because no matter what we're doing, somebody is important to us. And yeah. We have to make, we have to get attention to that decision. Like if I'm listening to radio, if I'm listening to country music, rap music, or I'm listening to podcasts, YouTube videos, whatever we're taking in is feeding our brain. Yeah. And if we're not, conscious of that we'll just listen to whatever and it'll negatively or positively affect us and so the fact that again you have those people in your coaching group that you can just call i think that's like almost better than listening to anything is having the people you can call like when i'm driving long distance i'm calling somebody like i'm gonna call adam yeah somebody, i'm calling my friends who you know what i mean just to talk and sometimes you need to call them because they need to hear from you they're just having a bad day and you just yeah or sometimes you just need to hear a podcast i 100 and what's funny enough is I'll, I'll share this story. Is I remember I was talking to Adam the other day um, about this. I'm like, dude, when you're like trying to be great and you're pursuing your journey in real estate, like people start to look at you a certain way and they think like you don't have real life issues or problems. Yeah. They think you're superhuman. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like, I see what Adam. I'm like, dude, like the way 
not that he was being bad, but it's like he just think he doesn't have regular issues or any anything going on in his life. They just think, oh, he's wealthy, successful. He's just must be nice. You know what I mean? <laughs> they don't, they don't, like that's still a human who has wife and kids and goes through things. Like people don't consider his side of things. And I say that just in real estate as being an investor. People don't consider the the investor side of things. And as far as like residents, even like residents, like, oh, you own the building. You're just this person who's wealthy, you want to take advantage, you know, it's just automatically assumed that you're just this superhuman or just this person who's perfect, and that is just so <laughs> not true, you know what I mean, like, I just, yeah. I just disagree, like, people don't realize, hey, we're still human, like, we still have struggles at home, we still have medical issues, we exactly. still have, we're, we're trying to run, like you said, a great business and take care of people and provide for others, and we're trying to do it to the best of our ability. I, I think what is easy when I didn't change my mindset and I didn't get into this role is I had a big victim mentality. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can't do that. Or, oh, well, you know, I, they're probably bad. They're probably just money's evil or whatever. And you make all these answers to yourself. But at the end, like I was on a podcast a couple months ago and they asked me, what do you, what do you think the biggest thing that's changed in you? I was like, the biggest thing I changed in me is like everything. I, I could be, if I wanted to be Grand Cardone today, I could. It's not who I am, so it's not going to work, but like I could, if I wanted to go live in Alaska, I could, if I wanted to, I can do anything I want to do. All of us can, but we tell ourselves these lies (laughs) and we give ourselves every excuse not to because it's uncomfortable and it's not safe and it's not practical and it's not what mom and dad told you to do when you go get a college degree. And it's not what you're going to give up. Like people are like, you're going to give up on your pension. And I was like, dude, I'm making more now. And investments and I have in 17 years, like the pension's not guaranteed. It's there, but it's not guaranteed. Yeah. So you're, you're going different and they want to give themselves every excuse why they can't do it. So if it means they, they make it seem like you have something they don't or whatever, I did that. And now I look at these people, a buddy of mine that I worked for, I volunteered to work for him as an asset manager to learn. He owns a pool company. I'm sitting across from him at a dinner table when I first met him and we're talking about buying me and a buddy about buying a small, like $600,000 thing. And they're like, he's looking at a $10 million apartment complex. I was like, he's syndicating. And he's like, I'm probably going to own it my own self. I was like, what? So I was like, I got to know this guy. So I, I got to know him. 17 years. He built a pool company, 17 years. His wife grew up the ladder of Lockheed Martin and he's busted his butt. And, and, Everyone looks now and they're like, oh, it must be nice to have a house in Lake Nona. It must be nice to go buy an apartment complex. I was like, how many years were you the only guy at your company? He's like five years. He's like five years. And then after I hired my first employee, I took a pay cut. Man, see, that's the, again, we go back to that, un, that unseen work. People don't see the years of work that goes into a brick by brick by brick, building something to say, you know what? I can buy a multifamily deal. I can buy a business. I can be successful. It's the, 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 the work that nobody sees. And we don't talk about because it it's not sexy. Like, uh, no one wants to know that, like, oh, man, I was up all night with this, and then I, I had to do this, and then I – they don't care. It, it doesn't matter. No one cares. They don't. They don't know. I, I can think of a personal story that often gets told about myself, um, and I'm sure you have one of, of yourself as well, but uh, a personal story of mine is that when I was in college, I saved $40,000. Yeah, that's crazy, by the way, because I didn't know what $40,000 looked like in college. It, it's funny because, like, for myself, 
I'm just thinking about how to, 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 to people that sounds like such a crazy thing to me, it was normal. But what people don't see is I never went to the bar in college. Like, there's two local bars in Warren Park. It's yeah. And, and kids. I've never stepped inside either one of them. My four years, I never went. But was that frugality or was that values? It was It was a little bit of both, yeah. honestly. But, you know, what I just saw is people go to college, they go out and spend $20, $30, a night drinking, going to casinos or whatever. And it's like, I, I know what I want. I'm just not going to do that. And you went to Rollins. Went to Rollins. Let's just, let's just put He went to Rollins, which is a private, very nice college. <laughs> And he worked his butt off to get there. So I'm not downing it at all. I went to a community college and was working <laughs> full time. And I graduated with no student loan debt. Because, like, you you have to make sacrifices and do things differently if you want to be different. You, you, it's it's realistically that simple. You're not where you're at buying a duplex right now. Because, you. I mean, how, how long did you volunteer or, or intern here? I was interning for at least eight, nine months. But my mind was like, I'll do this for two years and I left. Yeah, because you knew getting access. I asked that the, the night I was sitting at a bar at a networking event when the guys were like two separate guys, two separate times, not correlated. Both told me the same thing. I was like, thank God. Way to beat me over the head with this. You know more than me. And these guys are very good off. Yeah. You need to just do something. Yeah. Well, that guy that had $10 million, I was like, how can I help you? You're busy. Can I asset manage for you? Because he had some stuff and he was looking at some stuff. So I was underwriting asset management for him. I got nothing out of those deals. But you know what I got? I got a chance to go through the whole purchase. I got a chance to stabilize an asset. I got a chance to go, okay, well, if I do this, this is what I got to do. And, and I learned. And I think back, like people will pay twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year for college. But you won't give up a couple hours of your day to go volunteer for someone to learn. Or you won't. You won't pay a coaching program. And I'm not advocating that you got to go do it, but it worked for me yeah. as, a, as a tuition. But you'll go pay a college degree that will get you what? Like, I mean, I probably have $400,000 in equity because I spent $20,000 in a coaching program. I would have never gotten there. Never. 400000 in two years. I mean, it's paper money. It's equity. But at the end of the day, it's my money and I did it. So, so anytime you're going to invest, invest in yourself. It sounds stupid. People are like, oh, you're just trying to get me to buy a program. Look, if that means you invest your time and go work for Atrium for free because you see someone that wants to invest back in you, if you go get a coaching program, if you, whatever you do, if you invest in yourself, it's going to be the highest return. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that is simple as that. Invest in yourself. Where and keep doing it. That means reading books, as weird as it sounds talking with people just you can't stop or else you'll start to get in that rut of those guys that are jerks i, I have this equation that i tell myself every day is success that the formula for success is consistent and deliberate action over a long period of time yep and it's it's like you said keep doing it it's what i have to do i don't just do it one time i just do it every day my metaphor is i drop a, a little teardropper in a big 55 gallon drum every day yeah <laughs> <laughs> man when i started underwriting i was like that's a that's a big drum down there i'm just doing a little because i only had 30 minutes yeah. i only had 50 bucks i only had whatever so okay boom a little bit a year goes by it starts to get halfway up another year goes by i'm getting close and then one day i bought my first unit and it over poured but it, it i didn't have to go back down to the bottom i just had another drop and now it's getting close and it over poured i bought my second property and 
market's changed and I'm having to learn some stuff. So maybe it got a little lower. So I'm pouring more drops in it right now, but I'm good. Like I'm just slowly every day. I take care of myself, read my books, talk to people, grow, do the day. It, it's simple. Like you said, like, oh, do these three things. It's simple for me. It's three things. I look for properties. That means talk to sellers and talk to brokers. I take care of my assets. Those are my two main things right now. And then the next thing I need to do, which I'm horrible at because imposter syndrome and gremlins and all the other cool stuff is I need to market. I need to tell people what I'm doing, yeah. but I'm afraid of giving up the firefighter identity or people going, oh, whatever. Like I get text messages from family. They're like, how's my millionaire son? No, no, no. And I'm like, technically my net worth is a million, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm good because I understand them they're struggling with the fact that I'm changing the norm. Yeah. People, they, they're not the same Chad that they knew before. Yeah, I changed. 100%. And I'm, I'm grateful my wife went through the change with me because yeah. I, I don't know if I can survive that. I, I definitely couldn't afford child support. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, that is really good. So with that being said, final question for you. Gotcha. If you had to sum up your purpose in one sentence, what would you say it is? to leave the people I know better than I found them. Like at the fire department, I have great people that work for me now. And it took me a lot of screwing up as an officer <laughs> to figure out how to do that. It wasn't like, oh, I magically know. I put a lot of effort and energy into being a good leader. But one of my guys came in in his uniform, but he had a white t-shirt on yesterday. And our officers wear white. And I've slowly but surely pushed him to try and think about that career path for himself because he'd be a good officer. And I was like, man, you look good in white. And later on that day, I was like, you need to take your classes. You need to. And he always pushed it back and he said, you know what? I've been thinking about it. My engineers, which right under me that help supervise, both of them are good people. And one of them, when she came to me, she's like, I don't want to be a leader. I don't know. No, no, no. She's taking her officer classes now to be a leader. She's going to be a, a damn good leader. And I'm excited that I get to see that. It's not what I did. It's just, yeah, good. You can do it. <laughs> man, I, I love that. That is so beautiful. Um, man, this was a really great episode. I'm so glad yeah. at how much I got to know more about you. And the listeners get to see and have introspective thoughts about themselves and understand, like, hey, this is really what it really takes to be an investor to accomplish your dreams. And I'm just so excited to see where Acorn Capital goes. And, yeah. Just your business to see you go in life, man. It was truly an honor to have you here today. I really appreciate you. Thanks, man. We're Invested Podcast is produced by Atrium Management Company. Thanks for tuning in. And don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe.